some real estate here in my bag. So we bought a pack of cigarettes and this is when the eyes and walked off to the fall of As we all had a great Yes, you can see it's like a dream to me now. It took me four days to hitchhike from Saginaw. The faces. She said the man in the gabardine suit was a spy. I said, Be careful, this bow tie is really a camera. Toss me a cigarette, I think there's one in my way. King's Court starts now.
And a good Wednesday morning, St. Louis and all parts, north, east, south, and west. Kevin Slayton with you. We welcome you in. This is the Window World, stl-cars.com, King's Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. This is where you come to hear the live version of the show, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Central Time. And you get an unvarnished dose of the truth, backed by facts and evidence every single day. We welcome liberals, as we did yesterday to the show. We welcome anyone. You can call us at any time, 636-348-4460, 348-4460, and we'll let you talk. We'll take your opinions on things. Hopefully you can back things up with facts and evidence, as a liberal caller could not do yesterday, just made wild, outrageous claims against President Trump, all of which were shot down. In much more efficient, in a much more efficient manner than the United States shot down the Chinese spy balloon, we obliterated the lies about President Trump one by one. We didn't wait. We didn't wait till they were over friendly waters. We shot them down. And this is what bothers me the most about liberals. They get fixated on something that's wrong and false, and then they continue to talk about it as if it were true, somehow blaming Donald Trump for Anthony Fauci. That was the lion's share of what was talked about yesterday. But then going on to say that Trump had accomplished nothing, got nothing done, and the word was structurally. Huh. Got nothing done structurally. Now, of course, we don't know what that means, structurally. We pointed out many of the things that Trump had accomplished. We didn't even get to energy independence, which is bizarre that someone would want to criticize President Trump's work as president. The record speaks for itself, honestly. I mean, come on. It's really bizarre. But, hey, that's the way people are. That's what they want to do. That's what they're going to do. We don't care. We'll take that call. 636-348-4460. Today we've got plenty to talk about. The defending world champion Astros were in town last night. They lost to the Cardinals 4-2. to We will begin our sports show noon to 2 next Wednesday right here on our website. And, of course, we'll have it up as a podcast afterwards. And we'll also be moving it, keeping it on our, our podcast on our website, but we'll also be moving the live show to a radio station. It looks like August 1st. We'll have more of the details on that as the week goes on. But we'll pass them along as we get them. So you won't be left in the dark. You want information? You just come here. We'll give you all the information. Today, believe it or not, Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, is going to tell us that the American people, us, are feeling really good about our pocketbooks, our financial situation, because of something they now decide they'll call Bidenomics. Bidenomics. Yeah, Bidenomics. Go ahead and laugh. I'll, I'll allow some time for laughter. It's as nutty as the nutty claims that were made yesterday on this show by the liberal caller. I want to read you, by the way, a text that I received from a man who ran for office as Republican in the last election cycle and lost, and should have won, of course, was listening to the show yesterday when that liberal called in. 
He says, boom, you crushed him. We need more of you demolishing them. The conversation wasn't too long at all. You need more of those conversations. It doesn't make anything negative. It shows you competence with the facts, evidence, and proof. You stood up and fought. This is how they gain power and control. They literally try to impose their agenda and will on everyone, but they can't with you. Others have to learn it's okay to stand up and fight against the beliefs of those people. I salute you, sir. Great job. I thank that man. That was awfully wonderful uh, to hear that. It gives you a sense of, okay, the fight is worth it when you hear something like that from someone you respect a great deal. And so that's a wonderful, wonderful message. And we will continue to do that. To liberals near and far, the message must go out. If you come here, you better have some facts or you're going to get obliterated. Now, you don't have any facts, and that's why very few liberals try it. They used to try it thinking that they could BS their way through. They found out that wouldn't work here, so they stopped coming here. Every now and then, one tries to crack through with some more lies and BS and gets shot down out of the sky like yesterday. And the message goes out again, hey, liberals, you better be ready. Now, if you do have facts and evidence, please bring it forth. We're open to hearing it. We want to hear it. We want to hear facts like a judge in the Donald Trump documents case issued an order that President Trump and all parties could not talk about evidence in the case. And the next thing we know, the government, Jack Smith, has leaked out an audio recording of the president, supposedly hurts the president, even though I don't believe it does at all. And yet that's a direct violation of a judicial order. Will Jack Smith be disbarred for that? He should be. Will he even be disciplined for that? No. Liberals don't care what judges order. They violate judicial orders every single day. They break laws every single day. That's what liberals do. It's time the rest of America awakened to that fact. Laws are not for liberals. Judicial orders are not for liberals. Societal norms are not for liberals. The Constitution is not for liberals. Our laws on the books, our statutes, those are not for liberals either. They do whatever they please. And they know that they will always have liberal media cover for all of their illegal activities. Always. They'll always have a media that provides a distraction to the real facts as to what's going on. No, don't look over here where they've caught the Bidens. Look over here. Donald Trump's a bad boy. And they'll do everything in their considerable power, the media, to distract you and to play hide the secret ball from you. We know where it is, though. We know that in this society, in this country today, we are being run by a crime syndicate. It's known as the Biden crime family, supported by the Obama crime family, the Bush crime family, and the Clinton crime family. And they have changed the culture in with the considerable help of the media, changed the culture in this country to where it's an embarrassment internationally, if that's possible. And that is where we stand today, and it's a sad day. But we can't get around it. 
It is what it is, as Popeye the Sailor Man might say. And there just is no way of getting around it. But there is a way to get the right car and the right SUV and the right truck for you at the right price. There is a way to that. Here's the path forward. Go to stl-cars.com. Go on the website. Look at all the cars, trucks, and SUVs they have there. Pick the one you want. Call or text 314-626-3251. 314-626-3251. Make a note of that number because that's a new number. Call or text. Tell them the car you want. Tell them the price you want to pay. Ask for Don if you call. Tell Don we sent you. Give him the price. Then he'll get the car or the vehicle for you, and they'll deliver it to you. My son had his delivered to him from Alabama. I've had three cars delivered to me, one from Tennessee, the last one. You'll get the right price. You'll get the car and the SUV or the truck that you want. If they don't have the exact one you want on the website, call or text them. Tell them, here's what I'm looking for. They have a vast inventory of vehicles throughout the country. They also have a maintenance concierge, VIP maintenance concierge you can take advantage of. That's all at stl-cars.com. Call them or text them and ask for Don, 314-626-3251. Make sure you go on that website and look at all the vehicles they have. Over a 1,000 of them. That's a lot by any by any estimation. The um, good folks at Charter slash Spectrum issued a warning to everyone that they would be having some maintenance program going on for the next five days. <laughs> now, we keep our fingers crossed every day that we come on the air and hope that it continues to work. Just so you're aware of, it, it won't necessarily be Biden's government, Biden's criminal government that stops us. It could be Charter. But, of course, we might say that they're in concert with Biden's criminal government. They'll always try to stop you. But I was talking about, before I got distracted, Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, shamelessly claiming that our financial situation is good, thanks to Bidenomics. We're going to have Joe explain that for us, and that's worth the price of admission. Charlie Gasparino, who's a financial analyst for Fox Business, will, of course, give the real explanation. Did you see the report that President Trump is the only living president that has no ties to ancestral slavery. He's the only one. That's right, class. That means Obama has ties to ancestral slavery. So for all of the race baiting and all of the pounding of the drums and calling Donald Trump a racist, it appears as though Donald Trump's the only one who can say, no slaves in my family. You can look as far back as you want doesn't exist. Monica Crowley will talk to us about that. She'll also lay out the Trump record when it comes to contributions to the black community and what he did for them as president. Gary Shapley, the IRS whistleblower, is going to further bury Joe Biden and the attorney general that he appointed, the lying, corrupt Merrick Garland. You'll hear that. Alan Dershowitz comes along. He wants the judge in the plea deal to reject the plea. And call Garland and Weiss in, the U.S. attorney, and the witnesses who sat in on the meeting where Weiss claimed he's not making the call on charging Hunter Biden. 
John Kennedy will have some some suggestions as to what Biden should do. We're going to play that Anna Navarro clip for you that we played yesterday where she talks about the love of a father because the Hunter Biden story is one of fatherly love, and we should all understand that. And then Ben Dominich will react to that. Claire McCaskill called Donald Trump stupid. Can you imagine being called stupid by someone that stupid? Liberals are so unaware of their own surroundings. They're like the Cardinals. The Cardinals have no conceptual talent to evaluate their own talent, as liberals have no ability to evaluate their own stupidity. Alina Haba, one of President Trump's attorneys, will remind us about that recorded conversation that was leaked by Jack Smith and his band of criminals at the government, and what that recording talks about and what's not part of the indictment. That recording was released by Jack Smith to try to prejudice a jury against President Trump, knowing that the accompanying media coverage would portray it as Donald Trump saying that he had in his possession documents that he shouldn't have. Sadly for the government, and of course being liberals, they're hopelessly stupid, that conversation was about a military plan for Iran and any document that detailed a military plan for Iran is not part of the indictment. <laughs> you can't. You really can't make this up. The level of stupidity of Jack Smith and this band of corrupt attorneys in the U.S. Attorney's Office is so severe, it's frightening. I don't know which is worse, their corruption or their stupidity. It might be a tie for first, but it's close. You'll hear a Penn State professor who's been fired because he taught the racist language English. That's right. Again, I don't make it up. I just report it. And you'll hear what Leo Torello, a black man, has to say about that. The vice president of the United States heals up Horace, has new polling numbers out about her favorability and popularity and the trust that people have in her. It is the worst in the history of the NBC poll that took it. (laughs) That's right. It's worse than Al Gore. It's worse than Joe Biden when he was vice president. It's the lowest ever. And then we'll let you know what she's been up to since she heard about that and how she's trying to rehab herself. And we'll remind you how she got to that point. Liz Cheney, like Claire McCaskill, now says that we're electing idiots. I guess that's because she lost her election. William Barr, I can't talk. We will remind you in light of a report that came out yesterday claiming that Epstein did commit suicide. We'll remind you that William Barr believed it was suicide as well. No one with a rational brain believes it was suicide, but the government wants you to believe it's suicide. The government is completely unaware, apparently, that no one trusts them. No one. And then they keep lying as if to pile on. If we lie more and more and more, eventually they'll believe us. 
That seems to be the theory that the government has. It's not working. So let's begin with the little black lesbian, shall we? Karine Jean-Pierre. And our phone lines are open, as we always are, 636-348-4460. She thinks that we feel good about our finances. Look, 13 million jobs, again, uh, when you think about uh, how Americans feel better about their personal finances, that is important. When you think about wages are going up, when you think about the uh, really good-paying, millions of good-paying jobs, uh, that union jobs that his policies are going to create, all the things are really incredibly important. So the president's going to continue to speak to that. Uh, and uh, and that's what we, we believe we're going, that is our, our you know, our, priority to do this is what our priority is to do (laughs) what does that even mean it means we lie we keep lying we're going to not stop we're going to keep telling you that our policy is going to create high-paying union jobs what policies what policies does biden have in the two and a half years plus that he's been in office that have increased union jobs good-paying union jobs i might add i know a lot of really good-paying union jobs that he's killed He killed over 11,000 pipeline jobs the very first day he was in office. Those were high-paying union jobs. So where exactly, Karine Jean-Pierre, are those high-paying union jobs that he's going to create? Notice she says he's going to create. Just some more empty language, empty rhetoric from the empty-headed Karine Jean-Pierre, the black lesbian. So we're feeling good about our finances, she claimed. She said, look. I like it when she says, look, like, hey, dummy, you're feeling better about your finances. We know that. Uh, No, we're not. And it isn't just me. I bet you can't find a single person out there who feels better about their finances today than they did when Biden took office. So it's just more lies from that little black lesbian who how she lives with herself, I have no idea. And then she decided that the word should be Bidenomics because someone in the media said something like that and she thought it was cute. You don't like Bidenomics? No, I'm just asking. I'm I curious. I think it's pretty clever. It's pretty good. Um, look, um, it makes good sense, Bidenomics, right? It kind of flows off the tongue really well. Uh, but in all seriousness, is a vision about growing the economy uh, from the middle out, the bottom up. You hear us say that over and over again because we believe that trickle-down economics does not work. Wow. How old were those phrases? First of all, Reaganomics was used by the media back in the 80s. So she thinks that she's onto something or Bidenomics. Woo, it's clever, she said. Yeah, it's clever. If you're bored, you might think it's clever. If you're really, really stupid, like Claire McCaskill stupid, then you'd think it was clever. If you're just a complete imbecile, like Nicole Wallace, you might think it's clever. But other people don't think it's clever. In fact, we see what it is. It's bullshit. It's just more lies from Karine Jean-Pierre, who lies for a living. And then Big Joe himself, you know, the big guy, the godfather of the Biden crime syndicate, goes out on the road trying to sell Bidenomics and mocks it, and then tries to explain it, which is always good. I'm pretty sure you saw it in your home, what I saw in mine. Not a lot of trickle down from my parents' kitchen table when I was growing up. So we're changing. We decided to replace this theory with what the press is now called Bidenomics. I don't know what the hell that is. But it's working. 
Let me tell you what it's about. It's about building an economy, literally, not figuratively, from the bottom up and the middle out, not the top down. Because when the middle class does well, everybody does well. Woo, wow, that's earth shattering. When the middle class does well, everybody does well. The press is calling it Bidenomics, whatever the hell that is, and then they all laugh. Can you imagine the single-digit IQ people they put in that room to laugh at that? I mean, this represents the dumbest America has to offer. If you think America is an educated nation, just listen to those people laugh at that. Just listen to him speak. Liz Cheney's correct. We do elect idiots, including her. Which tells me that idiots are doing the voting. We are not an educated country. We're not a smart country. I've said it many, many times. It's a 98% factor. We're 98 percenters because that means we're smarter than 98% of the people in this country. I believe it's probably up past 99% now. And it's not a compliment. It's not a pat on the back. It's not egotistical to say I'm smarter than 98% of Americans. My God, if I wasn't, how stupid would I be? It's not hard to be smarter than most people in this country. We live in an illiterate country where stupid people make stupid voting decisions and put even dumber people in charge of their life. That's incredible when you think about it. But it just keeps happening, so it can't be a one-off. It can't be a one-off. It, it pr- probably has gone on through the entire history of elections. Certainly is going on now. So we thank Joe for the explanation, but how about Charlie Gasparino explaining what Bidenomics is? He's actually a financial guy. Bidenomics is, is essentially he inherited a growing economy from Donald Trump. We were coming out of the pandemic, you know, in fits and starts, but coming out, economy, everything was opening up. And then he spent a crap load of money. Mm. And then he helped cause inflation. He reappointed a Fed chair that kept the gas on with low interest rates and printing money. And then you got what you have today. Ask the average American, do you feel good today? Does the economy feel like it's growing? Is it helping you? It's all negative. And it's all negative because you have something, a pernicious tax caused by all that stuff, that Bidenomic stuff on the working and middle class. It's called inflation. When you add into that, despite the fact that you're working, food costs more, everything costs more, eating into your paychecks. Carpe diem, Charlie Gasparino. So Biden, did you hear what he said? The middle class is struggling because everything costs more. So when Biden claims the middle class is doing well and that everybody does well, ha ha, wink, wink, like he cares, the middle class isn't doing well. The middle class is making less money thanks to inflation than they made when Donald Trump took office. Certainly when you took office. But when Donald Trump took office, everything went up. Then you took office. And now everybody's realized economical gains through tax breaks, through lower prices, through energy independence, through the farming breaks that Trump uh, put in. All of that is gone. And we are now seeing the effects of Bidenomics. It's disastrous. And it remains disastrous. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And this from a guy who claims everybody should pay their fair share of income tax while his family and him have been hiding income from the government, from the IRS, for decades. 
The Bidens don't do not only not pay their pay their fair share, they don't pay anything. The hell of fair share. When it comes to the Bidens, pff, we're not paying. Let some sucker out there pay, and then we'll scream at them for not paying their fair share. I have another word for Bidenomics. It's called communism, socialism. That's what he wants, and all the liberals want that. They want you to be under government's thumb. Are you going to go there? You're on your way. You're really close, actually. If the Republicans don't win the White House in 2024, we'll be there. We'll be a full-blown Marxist, socialist, communist country run by criminals who believe in corruption, who live their lives according to their own corrupt laws, and who will imprison you the first moment you show resistance. You don't actually have to do anything. If you just show that you'll resist, you have a prison sentence waiting for you. If you don't believe that, if you think that's Biden, oh, it's not hyperbole, no joke, just go talk to the January 6th prisoners, the political prisoners, kept in the Washington, D.C. gulags. So I mentioned at the top of the show that President Trump is the only living president that doesn't have any ties to ancestral slavery. That comes as a shock to all the bigoted liberals out there who desperately want Donald Trump to be a racist and want to keep calling him a racist, even though his entire life has been lived completely opposite to being a racist. This racist has dated black women, has promoted black men and women, but plenty of women, to highly paying executive jobs within his organization. He, in fact, appointed the first lesbian CIA director to his cabinet. I mean, it, it's just, it's, if it weren't so laughable, Donald Trump, as, as we've said, has done more for the black community than any president in my lifetime. That includes Reagan. And yet the liberals know that if they paint him as a racist, they can keep some black people voting their way. They're preying on what they believe is the uninformed black community. They want the black community to stay uninformed. They want them to be stupid when it comes to figuring out who's who and what's what. And they count on it. And in case the blacks have forgotten it, they're going to tell you. Here's the racist. His name's Donald Trump. But Monica Crowley, do you think they're eating a lot of crow today? It looks like the only living president with no ties in his ancestral background to slavery is one Donald Trump. Apparently, his family came from Europe long after slavery was abolished. So, you know, all of these grossly unfair attacks and smears of Donald Trump as a racist and everything else from people who actually have a lineage directly tied to slavery is pretty rich with the irony. Yeah, it is. It's very rich when they want reparations. So that means Obama, whose ancestral family had slaves. I guess that makes him a bigot, right? Because they want Americans to feel bad, white America, to feel bad if someone in their far distant past had a slave. Somehow we're responsible for that. We must pay up. And yet when we now find out that Obama had slaves in his past, does he have to pay up? Are they going to even mention it, by the way? No. 
if Donald Trump had been discovered to have slaves in his ancestral past, they would have headlined it every day. We know that. We know how they are. I love their new lingo where they come up, what aboutism. There's nothing about what aboutism. It's a simple plain, a statement of fact. That's what it's called a fact. That's why liberals get allergic to facts. We go, oh, we gotta, we gotta call it something else. It's a fact if Donald Trump had been found to have an ancestral slave in his background that the left wing media would have gone bananas. That's a fact. We've seen them do it for a lot less. So Monica, in case that liberal that called our show yesterday is listening, what exactly did President Trump do structurally for the black community when he was president? You know what he did? He delivered a booming economy that drove black unemployment to historic lows. You know what else he did? He expanded school choice so that minority kids could have a shot at a better education. You know what else he did? He established opportunity zones to revitalize underserved communities. You know what else? He restored funding for HBCUs and he did criminal justice reform. He was literally the best American president for black America in a very long time. And, of course, the left will never acknowledge that record. And now, of course, today they're going bananas that he doesn't have this kind of lineage to shareholding, to to slaveholding. They they can't take it. They just can't stand good news about Donald Trump. Can't stand it. Pretty soon they'll be making up a distant slave in his past. Watch and see. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with Gary Shapley. Gary Shapley is either the safest person in America because everybody's watching and something would happen to him, oh, my God, or he's in danger of the Clinton suicide, two bullets to the back of the head. But he's the IRS agent that first came forward and uncovered all of the lies of Merrick Garland and Joe Biden, all of the corrupt cover-up that's been taking place with the Biden crimes. And when there was pushback and retaliation from the FBI and the IRS and the CIA, excuse me, the Attorney General's office, Gary Shapley doubled down and said, all right, mother effers. Now I've got six other witnesses who were with me at the meeting where Attorney Weiss told us all that he didn't have authority to charge Hunter Biden, that he didn't have authority despite a request for special counsel status. A reporter from CBS, actually asked Gary Shapley a, a decent question. How much did Hunter Biden owe in taxes? So from 2014 to 2019, it was $2.2 million. I documented exactly what happened, and it doesn't seem to match what the Attorney General or the U.S. Attorney are saying today. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. And you wanted to take them? We needed to take them. And you weren't allowed to take them? That's correct. Follow that if you can. It's pretty pretty simple. We wanted to investigate further. We were prevented from doing so. We needed to do so, and they wouldn't let us. He owed two point two million in taxes, not a hundred thousand. That's what we were originally told in the plea agreement. That was to soften the plea agreement, of course, in our minds. The lie was, well, he only owed a hundred thousand. Of course, if you did the math on it, as we did here on the show, we were told that he had a, a million five, I believe it was, in income. Well, $100,000 in tax on a million five doesn't jive, but we've now discovered that it was $2.2 million in taxes he owed, not in revenue that he made or stole. It was $2.2 million in taxes that he owed, and he paid how much? Class? Zero. That's the Biden's fair share. 
in some respects, you have to say that the Bidens did pay what they consider to be their fair share. Nothing. They don't owe anything. They're royalty. Royalty that started Brown Town down in Jamaica. That was, of course, a big slave town. Don't you love that? One of the ancestors in Biden's background started Brown Town. <laughs> we thank our research assistant for that nugget. That's a beautiful thing. These hypocrites, it always blows up in their face. There's something about liberals that doesn't register, that if you say something today, it can be checked pretty quickly. And you're on tape somewhere, or there's an historical anecdote somewhere, that what you're saying is a lie. But they don't seem to get that. They've always been allowed to lie throughout history. And they've never been able to be checked on it for the most part because the media has always been a willing accomplice. And though they could have checked, they don't. But now ordinary people can check thanks to all of the sources they could go through out there. So it's not hard to check. But the liberals haven't come into the modern era of living yet. They're too wrapped up in pride flags and things of that nature. Transgenders. Far be it from them to be bothered by a simple thing as facts and truth. Crimes. Professor Alan Dershowitz of Harvard Law School, a constitutional law professor, one who defended Donald Trump in impeachment, one who has never voted for Donald Trump, believes that the Joe Biden's Hunter Biden plea deal should not be accepted by the judge. The judge who is sentencing uh, Hunter Biden and who has to approve of the plea deal must, must call Garland, must call Weiss, must call these six witnesses. An organization like Judicial Watch, an organization that can come in amicus curiae and say, look, we can't leave it to the two parties here. They're both interested in preventing the whole truth from coming out. The law provides that a judge need not accept a plea bargain agreed to by both sides if there is a problem here. And if he concludes, for example, that Weiss was denied the ability to investigate beyond Delaware, then the deal's off. Right now, the judge should not accept this plea bargain without hearing from Garland, Weiss, and the six witnesses. Carpe diem, Alan Dershowitz. I misspoke a moment ago. I said Biden's family. It was Harris's family that founded Browntown, Biden's vice president. But Alan Dershowitz couldn't be more spot on. Those witnesses need to be heard from. It is clear to anyone even the liberals, that either Biden or the U.S. attorney investigating Hunter Biden Weiss is lying because they're saying something diametrically opposite. And if Weiss now claims that he's in agreement with Merrick Garland, then they need to be called in as well as the whistleblowers and the other six witnesses that sat in on Weiss's meeting where they all took notes and they all say the same thing that Weiss told them he did not have charging authority, that Merrick Garland had charging authority in this case. He did not have authority to expand it into California or anywhere else outside of Delaware. He did not have authority for special counsel status, which he requested. All six of them that took notes on this agree that's what was said. So here's what you have to accept if you believe Merrick Garland and I believe it's Richard Weiss, Mr. Weiss. 
You have to believe that six people with nothing to gain by lying are lying. All about the same meeting, all about the same conversation, all of them took notes. So in order to brand them as liars, you have to say that their notes were all orchestrated together. They all decided to tell the same lie when it would benefit none of them. On the other side, if Merrick Garland is lying and Weiss is lying, they have a great benefit. They don't get impeached. They don't get put in jail. They don't incur the wrath of the voters. They don't go down in history as the most corrupt U.S. attorney and most corrupt attorney general in our history. Great motivation for them to lie. But the power of the federal government will be felt by Gary Shapley and the other six and the other witness whistleblower and then the other six, eight people, if my count is correct. The power of the federal government is going to come down on them like an anvil. The pressure will mount. Change your story. Say you misspoke. Say you were confused or die. It's probably going to go something like that. That's what this government does to people who disagree. You either get imprisoned or you're found dead. Here's Garland just the other day after being told what Weiss told these guys in a meeting. Garland still lies. He's confronted with all of this And he still lies. It's David Weiss, I'm sorry. Listen to this exchange with the media and Garland. Mr. Weiss, who was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. Attorney in Delaware and assigned this matter during the previous administration, would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to, and in any district in which he wanted to. Mr. Weiss reportedly wanted to uh, uh, have powers you've conferred on special counsels. Was that request ever made? And if so, uh, did you? why did you reject it? It was not. The only person with authority to make somebody a special counsel or refuse to make somebody a special counsel is the Attorney General. Mr. Weiss never made that request to me. Can you explain the rationale for not appointing special counsel in this case? Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have. He has complete, he, has, he had and has complete authority, as I said, to bring a case anywhere he wants in his discretion. If he has more authority than a special counsel, why did you appoint a special counsel in Donald Trump's document case? Wouldn't you rather have a guy that has more authority than the special counsel involved? That's a clear lie. Everybody knows it. If the U.S. attorney has more power than a special counsel, why is there a special counsel at all, in any case? Clearly, that little fact eluded Merrick Garland, who fancies himself as some sort of pseudo-intellectual. But he's so dumb that, but this is what happens with liars. They might be book smart, but they're really dumb when it comes to trying to untangle their web of lies so that it sounds like the truth. But if the special counsel has less power than a U.S. attorney, there's no reason to have the Office of Special Counsel in our government. 
just disband it. So that's a lie. Trump appointed David Weiss. That's a lie. Trump didn't appoint David Weiss. Obama appointed David Weiss. Trump let him continue as a U.S. attorney, but he didn't appoint him. Obama originally appointed him. But Garland doesn't tell you that either. That's another lie. Then he says that Weiss didn't request special counsel status. Then Weiss is a liar. So no matter what comes out of this, one of those two is lying. Because now, or they're going to say, of course, the six other people are lying. But now you've got him on record. Garland's not a very good speaker. He's not quick on his feet. He's not a smart man. He digs himself into these holes because he's a pathetic, pathological liar who serves like a wimp dog in front of Joe Biden and then hates Republicans and hates conservatives and hates Donald Trump because Merrick Garland didn't get to become a Supreme Court judge. He thought that was his rightful place in history. And this is all his vindictive campaign against conservatives everywhere, mostly Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump appointed three conservative justices and passed over Garland each time. And Garland thought he was in when Scalia mysteriously died. But it was the last year of Biden's, or excuse me, Obama's presidency. And so the only time Mitch McConnell did the right thing in his entire lifetime, he did it then. He said, we're not going to bring a vote on a new Supreme Court judge in a lame duck session. Okay. Makes sense, right? But that didn't sit well with Merrick Garland. He never forgot it. And as you can tell, he still hasn't. I mean, he's just a bad guy. And he lies without fear. Greg Jarrett, is the evidence of Garland lying compelling? The evidence is compelling. That Merrick Garland has been lying when he denied that two U.S. attorneys appointed by Joe Biden halted felony charges against his son. Garland may have further perjured himself when he claimed that Weiss had ultimate authority to charge anywhere and that he never asked for special counsel status. All of those statements are contradicted, not just by Gary Shapley, the IRS special agent, but a second IRS whistleblower has come forward. And there are other witnesses. Yeah, there's eight total, eight, who say that Weiss said X, Garland says Y. But again, I've I've always used the lie test, and it's a very effective one, and it's very simple. Who has the most to gain by lying? I just broke it down for you. These six witnesses, these eight people, six witnesses plus two whistleblowers, they have nothing to gain. The corrupt Biden regime has everything to gain by lying. Ted Cruz had his take on the Hunter Biden text. Did you see the new text? We'll read you the new text. But this is the one on his text to, sounds like Chairman Zhao, the Chinese businessman tied to the Chinese spy wing, uh, when he claimed that Joe was sitting next to him. Here's what Ted Cruz thought of that. This WhatsApp is direct evidence of Joe Biden abusing his government power to enrich his son, 
and assuming 10% for the big guy to enrich himself. Remember, this WhatsApp says, we want to know. This is not me, Hunter, just, just sort of mooching off my dad. This WhatsApp directly ties Joe Biden to the millions of dollars coming from communist China. It is possible Hunter Biden was lying. It's possible Joe Biden wasn't next to him. It's possible Joe Biden was not going to inflict official damage on the Chinese if they didn't pay him and his son millions of dollars. That's possible. But you know what? We don't know if it's true or not. Why? Because according to the whistleblower, they didn't investigate and they were prohibited from investigating. There's another one, a new WhatsApp exchange, dated August 3rd, 2017, that is now serviced. In this one, Hunter Biden tells one of these criminals at this spy agency in China, his associate by the name of Gongwen Dong. That's right. I'm not making it up. Dong, Mr. Dong. So Mr. Zhao and Mr. Dong have received these text messages. Here's what Hunter says. The Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. The chairman, by the way, is Ye Jinping. He's a Chinese billionaire tied to a spy agency in the Communist Chinese Party who is presumed dead. He's missing. So he got the Clinton Suicide Act. So you got one guy who's dead, and here's Biden telling the world that the Bidens are the best at doing what the dead guy wants them to do. (laughs) And we're supposed to believe the Bidens. Now, two of these have come out within days. Are we all smart enough to understand that that means there's a hell of a lot more? Yes, I think we are smart enough to understand that. But there are a hell of a lot more. So what should Biden do? What should the big guy, the godfather of the Biden criminal syndicate, what should he do? John Kennedy, the senator from Louisiana, has some ideas. Uh, If the president, President Biden is so confident that he and his son did nothing wrong, then they should release all the documents. Here's what the American people want to know. They want to know two things. How did these Ukrainian and China... Chinese and Russian companies who gave Hunter Biden bill, uh, millions of dollars get his name. Why him? I'm pretty sure they didn't get his name off ZipRecruiter. Uh, number two, what did Hunter Biden do for the money? Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's pretty clear that um, he appears to be selling influence. Was he successful? If he wasn't, why did they keep sending him millions and millions of dollars? Those are fair questions. And President Biden needs to answer them. His Justice Department needs to answer them. And members of the media need to keep asking the questions. Unfortunately, not all of them are. None of them are. Now, some of the media is getting a little tougher with the little black lesbian, but they can't ask Biden because he doesn't show his face. Jackie Heinrich asked him as he was scurrying out of a, of a speech or a, an appointment with the Indian president the other day. But it was a shouted question in which he responded, no, that he didn't lie. But no follow-ups, no real questions could be asked because he was off to get away fast, quickly. Let's get you out of here, Joe. You're too dumb. You might say something truthful. 
like he did the other day talking about Bidenomics. He says, whatever the hell that is. You're right. Whatever the hell it is, you can call it whatever you want. Here's what it means. It's gutting every person in the middle class and the poverty level. Gutting everybody. Wealthy people can get through times like this and pay higher prices without going into self-destruction. But the middle class can't, and certainly the poor can't. You know, those are the two groups Biden's so concerned about. The very groups of people that he's destroying are the ones he claims to care the most about. That is prima facie evidence of a pathological liar. But instead of asking the questions that John Kennedy suggests the media ask, people like Anna Navarro, who really doesn't even pretend to be a journalist, I suppose, on The View, I played this yesterday, but I want to play it again because Ben Dominich has a response. She believes the entire Hunter Biden fiasco is all about fatherly love. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. That's who he is. That is part of his heart. He's also the guy who is helping orchestrate in Arkansas in a court proceeding that his granddaughter will never have the Biden name. Now, you ask yourself, who does this kind of thing? Never have the Biden name. Woo, big deal. (laughs) I mean, is that really that important to Joe Biden? It probably is to his wife. It's probably that important to her. But what does it mean? What does it mean to not have the Biden name? Because then you can't do this. I give you my word as a Biden. So his granddaughter can never do that. She'll never be able to give her word as a Biden because the Bidens are fighting to keep her their name off of her on any official birth certificate or any government form. She's not a Biden. Well, her DNA says she is. But the Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership, according to Hunter Biden, the the chairman who's dead now. Ben Dominic, your thoughts about Anna Navarro? We probably all have someone in our lives who's gone through tough times and we've tried to express love for them. That doesn't continue to allowing them to engage in potentially criminal activity using his father's name and deploying it in ways, uh, you know, with America's adversaries around the world in order to make money. That's, that's not love. That's excusing criminal behavior. And if you can't make the, if you can't tell the difference there, I think that frankly, you're an idiot. <laughs> I believe that no one's ever debated the idiocy level of Anna Navarro, one of the dumbest people on television. You know, do you find me saying that a lot? There are so many dumb people on television. Who hires these people? I've come to the belief that the hiring of people on television come from four categories across the human spectrum in the United States. One category says... You live or you're from New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. Then you get hired on a network television show. Another prerequisite could be that you're female, black female preferably, but female. Then that you perhaps are black. My goodness, would that be the triple crown? Black, female, 
Liberal? Black female? Good grief. And then the other one would be Hispanic. So you're Hispanic, you're black, you're female, and you come from one of those cities. Those are the four criteria to be hired on a network, whether it's a cable network or a traditional network. If you look around, you'll find that that's where most of those people are from. Some could hail from Washington, but they're there as a transplant. So wherever they were originally from is what matters. So that's where you find these people. That's where they're from. The rest of us don't exist. We've always known that Missouri was a flyover state, according to the liberals and the elite. We're just right in the middle of the country. We don't matter to any of them. Never have. South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska. None of us matter to them. And really, Southern Illinois doesn't matter to them either. Chicago matters to them. But Ben Dominich is right. Frankly, Anna Navarro is an idiot. And here's a couple more people who are on television who are also idiots, who also believe it's a, it's a love story with Joe and Hunter. What we saw with Hunter appearing at the state dinner was, in my suspicion, was the president, his son wanted to come, so his son's going to come to the dinner. I suspect that was more in the family circumstance of him wanting to come and wanting to just, the president wanting to show that he loves his son and he's standing by him. It's quite possible Hunter said, I don't want to go. And his dad said, I want you to go because I need people to understand that, yeah, you did some bad stuff, but I'm your dad. And you're here by my side. Thanks, Whoopi. And Saki, Saki, Saki. Don't you love how liberals say, well, you know what? Um, all presidents invite family members to these state dinners. No one denies that. Here's the difference. All other presidents don't have family members that are under investigation, that have just reached a plea deal that very day for criminal behavior. Slap on the wrist though it was, it was still a plea for criminal behavior. So, no, most presidents do not allow their children who've been reaching plea deals during the day and going to a state dinner by night to attend because it's never happened before. Very strange, isn't it? I find it very strange. Good morning. You're on the Window World, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. How are you? Kevin, it's Ryan. How are you, young man? I am good, Ryan. Let me get you up a little bit. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you what, man. You better watch it. You're dangerously close to having people start writing you in on the ballot box. Well, if they want to write me in, I shall serve. But uh, uh, actually, I would never serve. I would never run for office. And there's a very simple reason. I would lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I would be able to deal with these people for about 30 minutes. And that's about it. I just picture uh, uh, the king up there on the podium during the debate saying, you know what, why don't you just kiss my ass? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that's what Trump says. So he speaks for me. <laughs> well, hey, real quick, too, you know, you just played a clip of Peppermint Patty up there. Uh, and, you know, all she is is she was just the, the first voice box for this for this bullshit administration. And our, our black lesbian, as you say, is is the second coming of it. But, uh, you know, the, the one thing I keep going back to when it comes down to Biden and and hunter and i get it this adoring love and you know lord knows kevin you love troy and i I love my kids and there's no doubt about that and i won't doubt that he loves his son but he has made the statement numerous times that his son is the most uh upstanding person he's ever met the, the guy with the most integrity he's ever known you know granted 
say all these great things about your kid, but your son is a drug addict. He's a thief. He's a con artist. And, you know, you can still love your son, but also hold him accountable for his bad actions. And obviously there's just none of that in that family in any way, shape or form. Well, that's a, a, a pretty much what Ben Dominic was saying that, Hey, you know, that's not an excuse. You, you don't get a pass for committing crimes because you're a drug addict. Drug addicts all commit crimes. They commit crimes while they're high. That's what they do. <laughs> that's not a surprise. Well, and I'd be interested too. um, you know, here, I don't know the rules and regulations of the White House as far as the guests that are involved to come in there. I've never been myself, so I would have no answer to this. But, um, you know, uh, Creepy Joe's uh, been very proud of having Hunter there a handful of times since he's been in office. Are we to believe that Hunter Biden's never been high, never never been in the White House while he's been, you know, on crack or something like that? Does that not kind of throw up a red flag, too? Is anybody looking at these things? I don't know if that's even worth talking about, but... I mean, what kind of people are we inviting in there um, to be with the president? Well, we're we're letting a drug addict in there, and this is a guy yeah. who had who has had access to all kinds of uh, privileged documents, classified documents, top secret documents. He's had access to all of it, and he's had access to it because his father, as a senator and vice president, stole them. He had no authority to take them whatsoever under any set of circumstances. So not only is his father corrupt for stealing them, but he put them in a place where his son, the drug-addicted son, could sell them, as he does, many things. So far as we know, he sold documents for profit. He certainly sold influence and decision-making and who knows what else, but they paid handsomely for whatever it was he was selling. Would it surprise you in any way, shape, or form if if you heard about a story of Hunter Biden while high on crack uh, peaked, got a few peeks at uh, some of uh, Daddy's files in the back of the Corvette. No, it wouldn't and, surprise uh, me whatsoever. It wouldn't surprise me if Hunter Biden had a drug party sword. and showed it to all of his friends either. <laughs> None of that would surprise me because he that's what he does. That's what drug addicts do. Yeah. Well, again, uh, spot on as usual, King. I'm glad that uh, – I apologize. I haven't had a chance to listen, but I know you had a couple phone issues, but glad you're back uh, full strength, and uh, I'm going to sit in my office and work and listen the rest of the day. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Yeah, Hunter Biden. I mean, do we really believe that he hasn't seen these documents? If he hasn't, it's because he had no interest in them because they were sitting right there for him. Byron Donalds, why don't you sum up the entire Biden crime family for us? The Biden family are are locked in a pay-for-play scandal. This is public corruption. Joe Biden knows about it. He's been lying to the American people for years. And the FBI and the Department of Justice at the political brass, they've been covering up for the Bidens. That's exactly what's going on here. And to make matters even worse, most media is either ignoring it or calling it it a father's uh, story of love for his son. This is a joke and it's a lie. It's a travesty for our country. But accountability must occur because Joe Biden is compromised. The family was taking money from the Chinese, the Ukrainians, the Romanians. And by the way, as far as we could tell, none of them were paying their fair share when it came to taxes. So he wants Americans to pay higher taxes. But at the same time, they're concealing the ill-gotten gains they got from overseas from the IRS and the American people. That pretty well sums it up. That's what the Bidens have done. 
And then when you investigate them, they have the IRS, or the IRS, not the IRS, but the Department of Justice and the FBI cover it all up. All of Hunter Biden's visits for Ryan's, to answer Ryan's question, have been removed from the visitor's logs of the White House. All of the visitor's logs to Biden's mansion in Delaware don't exist. They've either been destroyed or they never existed to begin with, but for whatever reason, they prevented anyone from knowing who's visiting. Now, those things were initially touched on in media reports, but not at all in a long time. But there's a reason for those things. You have to look at all of this stuff and say there's a reason for everything that they're doing. What is the reason? Evidence leads us to the reason in most of it. There's overwhelming evidence, physical evidence and otherwise, text evidence, phone call evidence, email evidence, bank statement evidence. It's all over the place. And in the other situations, we simply have to use common sense and say what possibly could the reason could there be to back this up? And we know. They don't do it unless there's a benefit. People lie when it benefits them to lie. If it doesn't benefit them, people are the most honest people in the world. But when it benefits you and you're the Bidens, you lie and you get cover. It's about as basic as it can get. Claire McCaskill, though, says that Donald Trump's stupid. Now imagine that this show on MSNBC, as bad as all of their shows are, this one with Nicole Wallace has to be the worst because not only is she morbidly stupid, and I defy anybody to be dumber, but she has on people who are almost as dumb. And they talk about dumb stuff. McCaskill was talking about how the courtroom for Donald Trump was going to be a tough place because... People swear an oath to God. (laughs) So in Claire McCaskill's weirdo world, no one has ever come into a courtroom and lied because they swore an oath to God after all, so they don't lie. That would mean that in the history of the country, no one's ever been convicted of perjury because Claire McCaskill says they don't lie. They come into that doggone courtroom and they swear they take an oath to God. So Donald Trump could be in trouble, she says, because nobody will lie for him. I've got news for her. Government witnesses will lie left and right. We saw it in the January 6th hearings. We've seen it all over the place. But McCaskill thinks the president is stupid. You know, it's about 30% of America that are buying everything this guy sells. It's um, so because they, It is so dumb. I mean, he is so stupid. It is just amazing how stupid he is. If we have to open the prison doors for stupid, we won't have anybody in prison because everybody who does criminal activity at some level is dumb. They think they won't get caught or they think they're too smart or they think it's worth it, whatever. A courtroom is a different thing for Donald Trump because Mm -hmm. all of the stuff falls away. And the only thing that comes in front of the jury are the facts. So this is a very treacherous territory for a guy like Donald Trump because his wheeling and dealing and his lying at every turn just doesn't work in a courtroom. First of all, I don't even know where to start with that woman. She's so stupid. But under that scenario of hers, the courtroom is such a bad place to be because no one ever lies. The jury doesn't lie. 
The jury has no bias. They have no prejudice. Everyone's perfect in a courtroom, according to Claire McCaskill. The prosecutor doesn't lie. Surely not. The only person who lies, according to her, in a courtroom is Donald Trump. Now, of course, Donald Trump has never so much as been accused of in any way perjuring himself. No one's ever even made that accusation in a deposition, in a court hearing, anywhere. No one's ever even made that accusation that anyone in his family has committed perjury. But according to Claire McCaskill, the jury's not biased. The judge holds no prejudices. Everyone who swears a witness in knows that that witness is swearing under God to tell the truth, and so therefore they will tell the truth. But Donald Trump, he'll lie. Now there's a stupid woman. And she wants to know if we open the, pr- the prisons for the stupid people to get out. And everyone who commits a crime at some point is stupid because they think they won't get caught. You mean like you got caught lying to the state, the, the people of the state of Missouri? When you said that you traveled by car or by van or by bus to every whistle stop in this state when you were campaigning. And then we catch you on a private plane flying. You mean like that? Was that stupid? Because you didn't think you'd get caught. So I'm guessing that you would classify that as stupid because you just said that people who commit crimes think they'll get away with it, but they're just stupid. So that makes you stupid because you thought you could get away with it. Once again, a liberal not bothering to remember that she got caught lying. Here she is trying to accuse Donald Trump being the only person in the courtroom that will lie And yet she lied on a simple detail about her campaign. She lied. I mean, hypocrite is just not strong enough as a word, is it, for these people? And why would you lie about something so minute? I mean, that's what they do, though. Remember that. So the only guy that's going to lie is Donald Trump. We know we now know that, and boy, it's not going to be a good place for him. But this happened to McCaskill twice. She didn't just get caught lying once about her private plane travel. She claimed she was in an RV touring the state. Unfortunately for her, the Washington Free Beacon, of all people, is what caught her. They used aircraft tracking data to map the plane's path following her RV tour for two or three days. She claimed it wasn't accurate. Well, it was, as it turned out. Good morning. You're on the Window World STL-Cars.com. King Scored, how are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? This is Andrew. Hey, Andrew. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing well, you know, trying to recover from uh, this back surgery stuff. But other than that, I'm doing well, uh, moving full steam ahead. Well, that is good news to hear because having had back surgery myself, I know that the recovery can be slow and tedious and also a pain in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and play, on, play on words. I love it. <laughs> Andrew Jones with us, folks. This is the guy who should be mayor of St. Louis. He should also be the congressman from the 1st District. Well, I think I've shown that I have the competence and I also have the capacity 
to uh, get the job done. I think I introduced things that will certainly uh, help move us in the right direction. Um, I, I don't think it's any uh, brain surgery. We're not trying to <laughs> calculate the trajectory to Alpha Centauri or anything like that. These are <laughs> basic, basic fundamental things that need to be applied. But those who are in the political class, they just don't want to see things change. No, they do not. And they don't want to see them change because they want to keep us all under their thumb. And uh, doesn't it strike you as funny when I tell a story like that about McCaskill, who's calling Trump stupid and he'll be the only liar in the courtroom when she has been caught lying not once but twice in her own campaign travels? And, and to further expand on that, Claire McCaskill also, she, and this is the part that really tickles me about the, uh, the leftist, progressive, the woke, they have no shame whatsoever. Claire McCaskill, also supported Donald Trump when she was losing the campaign to try to show that she thought that he was doing a great job to try to cover her butt and to try to win votes. She actually came out and said that she is the one who supported Donald Trump on his great plans. Isn't, isn't that unbelievable? They'll do anything when they, when, they, when they feel like they need to save their own skin. They'll say and do anything. She is a chameleon of a liar. She's lied at every turn. I mean, then we find that, you know, we've, we've heard some very surreptitious things about her husband's cleaning business. I mean, these McCaskills, are, they fit right in with the liberal way of doing business. Yes. And when I brought that up a long time ago, that Claire McCaskill said that she would support Trump, she publicly came out and said it as a last ditch effort to try to save her campaign. And when I mentioned it to liberals who supported her, friends who are liberals who supported her, they were shamed only to the point that they talk to me about it, but then they dodged it and never would bring it up or want me to bring it up ever again. And they supported her on other things like they're doing now. They forget because they don't care. They're not principled character people. They only have their agenda, which you just mentioned, that they try to attain to get through uh, their agenda and with power. That's what they're seeking. They don't care who they have to trample along the way. No, they do not. They truly do not care, even if it's children, which they're trying to trample now. Remember also that McCaskill is one of these Biden tax people. She had to sell a private plane back in 2011 after she acknowledged, had to admit, that she failed to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars of property taxes on the plane. These these liberals, they want everybody to pay their fair share except themselves. Absolutely. And, and Kevin, here, here's a, and I want to also... Uh, tell you yesterday you did a supreme job a very supreme job in handling the gentleman that you talked with yesterday he's a prime example even if he wanted to claim and at the end he said i'm not a liberal even if you're not a liberal sir if you're listening you should be ashamed of yourself you wouldn't answer a direct question and if you're seeking truth if you want to hold someone accountable hold yourself accountable first for not having an honest exchange with another person trying to interview you, interview you to get to the bottom of some of these issues so that the so-called truth that you say you see will come out. But he avoided every ounce of it. He did not want to have anything to do with coming down with facts, providing facts, and just revealing what's there on the table with the evidence and proofs. He avoided it like the plague, and you 
pulled him out of it. You pulled it out of him and you expose him for what he is. And we need more of what you do. And you do it all the time. You know, I've always told you that you do You're an outstanding interviewer. You do a phenomenal job in getting information out so that we can learn a little bit more. And that's been lost. So I want to commend you for also doing that outstanding job yesterday. Well, thank you, Andrew. Coming from someone I respect like I do you, that means the world to me. And you know that. And that is that is very nice. And one other thing, the guy, not only did he not want to hear it, but he refused to accept facts. That's, I think, a hallmark of a liberal. When you bring the facts out and put them right in front of them, these are facts. These are not my opinions. This is what Donald Trump did, and they won't, they won't acknowledge it. When I say, ask a simple question, was black unemployment at a record low 3.5%? Was black employment at a record high? Was Hispanic employment record low? Was employment record high? Was female employment record high? Those are all facts. The answer is yes to every one of them. And he refused to even acknowledge that. That, that. that strikes me as incredible. And that makes you, by the way, that puts the big L on your chest. That makes you a liberal. I agree with you, but he wanted to hide behind it. But we know what they are. But, you know, if they get away with it so easily from everyone else and they're trying to set the new, uh, I, I guess, the new uh, theme of that they've emasculated the world. Men are scared to be men. Women are scared, afraid to be women as well. That's to stand true. up. Because if you look at we have women now that don't want to say that they're women. They can't explain that they're women and the women stand by and say nothing about it. How about now? The National Organization of Women. You mean to tell me they're not stomping and raging over the fact that now we can't define what a woman is? So they shouldn't even have women in their name. That's right. It should be, it should be the National Organization of Persons. <laughs> it's, it's now We're now going to call it NOP. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a great point. You're right. It started with the emasculation, the emasculation of men. And now the women were sitting there probably laughing and giggling, ha ha, you men. And now it's them. Now they won't yeah. even acknowledge that there are such a thing as women. And by the way, women who always like to say, well, we're the only ones who can give birth. Well, apparently you're not. Apparently men mm-hmm. can give birth. You didn't know that. And neither did we. And see, no one brings that type of stuff up to them, the contradictions that they exist under. But again, you remember, I always equated them to terrorists. They only have to be right once. They'll just throw stuff out there, throw stuff out there, lose all the time, lose all the time, and no one holds them accountable for it. Because if you think about Kevin, the guy was asking you about Trump. He wanted Trump to be a sacer or something like that to be able to just wave a magic wand and to cure everything when he didn't have direct control over it. He right. would never hold anyone else accountable for that. So just think about with Trump. Here's And these are small, minor things that I bring up to people all the time. I say Trump had to prove his competence. He went and took tests to prove that he was competent. Joe Biden, we know is not competent at all, and no one's asking him to take a test. But they beat Trump up. They beat the Trump kids up constantly about any small thing. But now it's a father's love <laughs> when his son not only is a drug drug addict, which that that's okay in and of itself. We understand about what happens with people who are drug addicts. But this man has some character flaws right. because he's involved with things deeper and bigger. So they're distracting us talking about drugs. I'm not talking about drugs. I'm saying this man has a character issue that he caused. He's causing all type of problems. And he's involved with things that brings in money to the family that they don't pay taxes on. So this is a concerted effort on their part to break the law, but they accuse everyone else of breaking the law. They're hypocrites to the highest order. Imagine 
and we can recall how the media beat Trump up. You're 100% correct. He better take a mental competency test. Of course, then he took it and passed it with 100%. And yet they don't even suggest Biden take one. There was never any evidence that Donald Trump had any incapability with regard to his mental acuity. There was nothing, nothing to indicate that he did. But they insisted that he take it. There's everything that says Biden does, and they won't even mention it. Won't even suggest And they fought back. When, when it was mentioned, they fought it tooth and nail. Yeah, he they doesn't act need like it. you insulted them. They act like you insulted them when they did it. And I had friends of mine that I bring it up to now, and they hate the fact that I bring it up and remind them that you were talking about Trump was incompetent. He passed 100%, and now we have a, 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 an idiot up here. And, and again, if he has dementia, I feel sorry for him. If he has an onset of Alzheimer's, I have I feel sorry for him because that's a devastating thing. My mother-in-law passed away from it, and so I know it's it's hurtful for the family. But he but the family should stand up and say he should not be serving. Right? He should not be serving if they were decent people. But they're not decent. They're people. not decent people, and that's the bottom line to it, Andrew. You wouldn't put your mother-in-law up there to try to run for president. You know that she is incapable of handling that because of the disease. And so in Biden's case, since they're evil people and arrogant people and they have to maintain this play-for-pay scheme, what better place to play it from than the president from the White House? So they had to do that. That's the the reasoning behind having him run by the family, by that incompetently uh, arrogant wife of his. But most people, and, and we do feel sorry for anyone with a disease, but I don't feel sorry for Biden, and here's why. I feel sorry for the fact that he has a disease. I, I, I hate that. But mm-hmm. he's evil. He was evil before he was sick. He's been evil his whole life. He's hated black people his entire life. He doesn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle. He wasn't sick when he said that. He, he eulogized Robert Byrd as his best friend, a grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. I don't care what anybody tells you. My own life's experience tells me if I'm hanging around with somebody who thinks like that, I think like that too. So if I hang around people whose ideas I don't like, I don't hang around them. So, and I think that's pretty much everybody's experience. So he said all those things long before he had any dementia. So he was a bigot and an evil person and a liar since he plagiarized everything that he could get his hands on long before he was sick. So let's remember while the Anna Navarros want us to feel sorry for the love story that is the Bidens and the poor little hunters, a drug addicted, psychopathic hooker. That's what he is. He's a male hooker. And the daddy is dementia. These people were rotten people long before they got sick. Absolutely. There's no if, ands, and buts about it. We've talked about that before. I don't give him a pass relative to that, only to the fact, like you, like you said eloquently, uh, he has that disease, and you certainly don't. And again, I'm holding his family accountable. Right. His wife should know better right. than that. allow her son, I mean, her husband, well, he's almost like her son. She's uh, telling him everything he needs to do. <laughs> exactly. and, she puts his coat on him for him. She, she combs his hair, tells him where to go. God, That's how right. embarrassing. Humiliating is the word. And, and, for the, and, and, and before I uh, uh, forget, the gentleman also kept harking on the COVID thing with Trump. Boy, we know that the press beat this man up, and what he did was the bare minimum to ensure that we, as a public, as citizens of this great country, were safe according to the real science, not about what they say about science, according to the science. He was matter of fact, he was measured in what he did, he explained it, and he even came back to explain if he may have been off target a little bit. That is what you call a leader. Right. And so the man demonstrating leadership in under the times and, and everyone talks about this is one of the greatest 
harrowing experiences the country has ever seen, humanity has ever seen since 1918. And they forget all the other uh, pandemics that have spread in between and totally ignore them because they have an agenda relative to it. Right. But what he did is he did the measured things and he didn't have a crystal ball. And so he fit and did everything appropriately. And the gentleman wanted to ignore that because he wanted him to be some type of magician, Merlin the right, magician or right, something like that. Right. But we see right through you, sir. Yes, so I we do. Throw that back out at that gentleman. Sir, we understand what you what you did there, but he did what that the minimum of what he should have done. I think he did a yeoman's job. You brought the Abraham Accords. You brought up all types of things that uh, uh, President Trump did, and he did a phenomenal job. People ignored because they have a personal agenda. When he came down and he made the mistake, and I'm just saying a mistake uh, 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 rhetorically, so to speak. He made the mistake of saying he's going to drain the swamp. And so it put everyone on notice that, yes, hey, sir. I'm going to come up here and measure and hold everybody accountable. That's the biggest thing. But that's the champion. We need someone to come out and hold everyone accountable. That's exactly what we need. We need Donald Trump now more than ever because we don't seem to have someone like him. They talk about Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. He might be good. But he's not like Trump. We need somebody like Trump, a street fighter who talks the tough language and then backs it up and then delivers on his promises. He's not going to deliver on every promise, but look at all of the promises made, promises kept that he delivered on. It's extraordinary in light of the constant resistance from his own government against him during his entire presidency. It makes it even more miraculous what he accomplished. What is? And that's what everyone should be looking at. I believe if you're doing an honest assessment, uh, Charlottesville, they took a couple of sentences out of Charlottesville to claim that this man is a racist. I made sure I downloaded the whole speech, the whole par- the, <laughs> the paragraph before, the paragraph in, in where the sentence is, and the following paragraph ex- explicitly shows that he made sure to, de- to denote that he despises racism. He does not like racists. He does not support racists. And therefore, he came back also to say that there are good people on each side. And when I pull this up on my phone, because I keep it with me as a favorite, and I put it up and I ask people to read it. Now tell me where he's a racist. I they love it. Shut up. I they love shut it. Up, Kevin. I love it. That's so spectacular. And, you know, that whole thing, Charlottesville, they, 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 they use the word as if it's like Ferguson. It was a, a, a protest, peaceful protest by some people who supported the Robert E. Lee statue that was there. And people who don't take five minutes to understand the history of Robert E. Lee will never understand it. This is a guy who fought against slavery in Reconstruction. He was an abolitionist. And yet somehow he's now the symbol of racism, if you can believe that. But the symbol of racism should be Biden. But then the neo-Nazis got involved. And then Antifa thugs came. And so when Trump said there were good people on both sides, he was talking about the people who originally protested the Robert E. Lee statue, those those are good people, well-intentioned, peaceful people. I disagreed with Trump only on that there were good people on the other side. I'd like to know who they were. Which people among those Antifa thugs were good people? But he's he's a diplomat at that particular point in time. That's right. They will not allow him to be a diplomat, uh, a statesman. They won't allow him to do anything because he burps wrong. They will say that he's the worst man on the planet. 100% 100% accurate, Andrew, as always. Boy, I tell you, man, it, it, it bothers me. But, uh, again, I just want to salute you for the good work that you do 
because we, we're out here fighting, Kevin. I, you know, so I get this, I get somewhat, uh, I'm not going to say depressed, but I get down a little bit because I'm out here working hard, trying to just talk about the concepts and ideas to maintain this great country. Um, I, I rejoice when I see people do wonderful things. Even if I'm not at that level, I rejoice because I know it gives everyone else an opportunity. And this is what this great country does. And I'm saying it's a great country, even right now, even though we know and we can measure how horrible things are compared relative to everything else that has gone on, but we still have a standard and quality of living unmatched across the world, and regardless of what people want to say, but we can measure how great we were, but we're still in a great position. Our system does this. Our philosophies do, do this. So I'm saying we have to keep this thing going, and if I have to keep on fighting and losing, I'll keep on bringing it up because you're out there fighting, and I think I'm, you know, I've told you this before, I'm going to fight because it's in my nature, and I just want to see everything stay the way it is and keep improving because this is the greatest thing, the greatest experiment ever done by human beings as far as I know of when it comes to uh, a, a organized system. Eloquently stated, Andrew, carpe triple diem to you, my friend. Thank you for the well, kind words. You. Thank you, and I'll be listening to you, listen to the sports show when I get an opportunity as well. Thank you, thank Kevin. you I Andrew. Really appreciate you. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Yes, Great sir. stuff. Boy, uh, as I've said so many times, you know, if the, if the voters of St. Louis City and, and the first district in St. Louis County and city want to vote for somebody because of the color of their skin, vote for Andrew Jones. If you want true leadership, if you want change in that rotten city that is St. Louis and in that first district that is hopelessly corrupt, you'll vote for Andrew Jones. And the fact that you didn't tells me about the people, not about the candidate. Let me get back to the Trump recording that was released. I mentioned that the bombshell about that recording is what Alina Haba is about to tell you about the so-called document that Trump was, they, they claim, showing someone, but there's absolutely no proof he showed it to anybody. There's even no proof that he had it in his possession. He was rumbling through a bunch of papers. But this plan that Milley apparently came up with to attack Iran after Milley said Trump wanted to attack Iran, that document is not even part of the indictment, and yet they're hanging their hat on that recording. Alina Haba. Has Trump followed the gag order that the judge issued? And what about that document? I can tell you who hasn't done any leaks and who has been listening to everything the judge said, and that's Donald Trump, who President Trump was told by a judge he can't talk about any of the evidence. So explain to me how then evidence is being leaked the week that Hunter Biden is getting indicted or, or misdemeanor charges for things that he should have been going to jail for, let's be honest. And if it was a Trumper, would have gone to jail for. But nobody talks about that. What do they want to talk about? Trump, 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 submarine. Oh, I know. Release a tape. Release a tape saying what? That the Presidential Records Act allows a president to declassify documents. And, and by the way, all we know is that in the indictment itself, there was no Iran documents named as part of it. Just want the American public to realize that. That document that they claim he had was not part of the indictment. This is desperate times and desperate measures by people Have that are losing. It? That's a very good point. Desperate times, desperate measures by people that are losing. Why else would you release a document, or excuse me, uh, an audio recording regarding a document that isn't part of the indictment to begin with? What is the point of that? The point is the same point that they do in every instance that involves Trump. We must smear him. We must destroy him. We must taint him beyond repair in the minds of the American voting public. 
That's all this is about. Do you think anybody in Washington really cares if Donald Trump goes to prison? Oh, they'd probably prefer it, but it's not high on their agenda. What's high on their agenda is to prohibit him from ever running for office and certainly prohibit him from ever getting elected. They've said it, remember, they've said it many times. We'll never let him near the White House again. That's not saying we're going to compete against him in a fair election to keep him from winning. That's a statement of fact. We're never going to let him near the White House again. If I say to you, you're not getting near my property, that doesn't mean I'm going to let you come in and talk with me. That means I'm going to stop you from getting there, no matter what I have to do. And that's what they do. A, conser- or a, a liberal pollster, a liberal strategist, I guess I would call him, Robert Wolf, claims Ron DeSantis isn't winning, isn't registering because he's not resonating with the grand old party voters. First, DeSantis is just not resonating with the GOP. Uh, he feels like, uh, in my opinion, he's got a glass chin. He hasn't been able to really combat against Trump in any which way. And the rest of the... Um, the rest of the individuals running outside of Christie feels like they're running for vice president, so no one's chipping away. You have to get through Trump to get to Biden. So the idea that they're all, you know, challenging Biden, they're not going to be on the stage to challenge him. Number two, you know, we should remember, as you know, I mean, Trump, you know, pres- former President Trump had near 80 million votes. He, you, he owns the airwaves in the GOP. You wake up to him, you go to sleep to him. And so, in, in my opinion, especially the way the primaries have changed uh, within the Republican Party where a plurality wins. You don't need a majority. Winner takes all. Unlike yeah. on the Democratic side where it's pro rata. There is, as long as there's this many people running, it's Trump's to lose, and I don't see that happening. I couldn't agree more. It's going to be Trump and whoever they put up. I still don't believe Biden will be the opponent. We'll see. But it might be because they're not going to do anything legally to Biden until someone else is in that White House, a Republican. So they might still run him, thinking that he can beat Trump. Leo Terrell, what is Trump running on? President Trump is running on his record. And if you look at what he accomplished in four years, more than any president, in my opinion, in the last 50 years, the Republican voters get it. And if you look at his opponents within the nomination, they're trying to run on his record, but they're saying vote for them instead of Trump. America, the Republican Party wants to vote for Trump, and he's going to win the nomination. And I'll sit here and tell you honestly and truly, there are certain people who are running within the Republican Party to try to stop Trump. I don't want to mention any name, Chris Christie. He has no chance to win it, but there are basically Republicans basically articulating Democratic talking points trying to hurt Trump. It's not going to happen. Trump is going to win the nomination. Carpe diem, Leo Terrell. Well, yesterday, a poll came out that said Heels Up Harris had just 39% of people approved of her, 39%. 49% said she's doing a lousy job. Excuse me, 32% said she was had a favorable opinion, 32%. 49% said no dice. 39% said they hate her. So she has an upside-down number of 17. She's minus 17, which is the lowest in history for a vice president. Judge Jeanine Pirro, what kind of a woman is Harris? 
This is a woman who was, who was in a position to make it easy for other women behind her to come forward and do the job where Americans could say, you know, a woman is, is capable of doing this. If anything, she has established the, the, the precedent that a woman is incapable of being vice president. She has established that, and that's a setback for all women everywhere. But also you'd think, you know what, seeing those numbers, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something that somehow can upset the apple cart and turn these numbers around. But what does Harris do? She pounds away on abortion. How dare they attack basic health care? How dare they attack our fundamental rights? How dare they attack our freedom? How dare they? What are you, some kind of a mob figure? How dare they attack our fundamental rights? What fundamental right are you talking about? There is no fundamental right in existence in this country that gives you the right to abortion. None. The Constitution has our fundamental rights. You know what it's called? Heels up. It's called the Bill of Rights. That's why they named it that. Because those are our fundamental rights. They're the first ten amendments to the Constitution, something you've probably never read. And in those ten amendments, there isn't a word about abortion. One way or the other. Which means, as is settled policy in this country, if it's not addressed by the Constitution, it's not a federal issue. It then goes to the states, and the states decide on their own, individually, as they should. How dare you try to make a law that isn't a law? How dare you lie about what's in the Constitution? How dare you be so inept and so incompetent and so befuddled that you don't know what fundamental rights are in the Constitution? How dare you claim to be vice president? But then again, she goes out and faces tough questions like this. You know, we love getting into your fashions, mm-hmm. okay? You always get a nice suit, but you're also casual, too. At the uh-huh. same time, we yes. like the converse. Will we ever get a Madam VP converse line? Oh, interesting i do love my converse i mean you wear them well i have all kinds of different colors and <laughs> high top and low top i prefer the low top if i did i'd probably want like a like a freedom line you know right yes. can you see that Where absolutely it would be some freedom would be on on the converse you know freedom freedom to be absolutely. freedom to i am free. right right i am free free to march free to 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 walk Madam- my talk Wow. I'm free to laugh, but it's so pathetic, I can't even laugh. How about the interviewer? Talk about a Hood uh, member. Will, 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 will you align? What, what kind of grammar is that? This is what you are trying to portray makes a successful woman, Harris? That's what you're trying to portray? You allow an illiterate to interview you and then ask you about Converse tennis shoes? How about I be free? That was her response. I be free. Be free. Free to be. She wants it to say free to be. Free to be stupid? Because you do have that freedom and you exercise it daily. But hey, what better time to talk climate change? I mean, it's summer break, kids. Oh, summer break. Think about it. It's a perfect time. To find other students who are passionate about fighting the climate crisis. (laughs) Where is she looking for those students? Uh, I don't even think Greta Thunberg is passionate anymore about fighting the stupid lie that is the climate crisis. 
and it's summer break. Isn't that what most kids want to do? Whew, we're finally out of school. Let's go fight the climate crisis. What a dope. Just for grins, and I always do get a kick out of it, it never gets old revisiting the best of Heels Up Harris. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. The significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. And when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. It never gets old, does it? Maybe Liz Cheney was right. What we've done in our politics is create a situation where we're electing idiots. And... And so I I don't look at it through the lens of like, you know, is this what I should do or what I shouldn't do? I look at it through the lens of how do we elect serious people? And I think electing serious people can't be partisan. That's her telling everybody, I'm going to be a Democrat because she's a serious person. Yeah, you sure are. You were right when you said it. We've elected idiots, including you, including Heels Up. What's going on at Penn State, by the way? Have you seen this story? This is a professor that was there. He was fired because he teaches kids in class. English is English. Ebonics is not English. Zach DePiero is his name. What did they tell you at Penn State, Zach? Um, The associate director told me that there's a problem with the white race. I was told to uh, be an academician told to broaden my perspective. I was told to continue attending anti-racist workshops until you get it. And at the end of the meeting, I was offered a phone number to, to seek mental health support. This is after they told him that the English language is racist. That's what Penn State told him. Leo Terrell is black. He's had enough. Well, let me just be very clear because I find it insulting. They're asking uh, or basically trying to present the idea that black English or let's call it what it is, Ebonics, is being taken away from the black community. The black community do not want black English. It's improper. And But these far left professors are somehow claiming that teaching proper English is racist and that we should embrace Ebonics. Poor English, improper English. In essence, they're trying to claim that improper English is proper. And I find that absolutely insulting, and it calls for lower expectation of black kids. It's very racist in and of itself. It is very racist in and of itself. There isn't any question about that. Leo, you're 100% right. Carpe diem, Leo Terrell. All right, let's take a break. We're a little behind, but we'll catch up. We'll be right back with more. The phone lines will be open 636-348-4460 when we return.
I was flying down the highway Weaving in and out of traffic I was racing time An old man pulled out in front of me And I went crazy as can be I lost my mind I blew my horn till I got close enough to see And what was on his car tax will convicted me The O.W. 369 I should salute you from this heart of mine Thank you for placing your life on the line for me Welcome you back in, Kevin Slayton, with you on this Wednesday morning right here in the Window World, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. We're glad you're along for the ride this morning. Our phone lines are open, 
Our good friends at Windworld have it going on, man. Right now, you can give them a call. They'll give you a free in-home estimate right this very minute. 314-993-1800. That's what I did. When I had hail break through my windows, I had to call somebody, so why not Windworld? That was a good call that I made. They came out, gave me the free in-home estimate. They proved to me how they're simply the best for less. They showed me how they are the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They showed me their lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. They use double-strength glass, by the way, in their windows. That's how they can give you that lifetime warranty covering glass breakage. They told me how they lead the nation in windows sold, and they showed me the information to back it up. And they give you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. In addition, my experience with Window World Windows, once I got them, tells me my utility bills went down, so I pay less there. And since the cool air doesn't escape in the summer and the hot air coming in, and the warm air doesn't get out, allowing the cold air in in the winter, my furnace and my air conditioner aren't running 24-7, so therefore I'm not buying new ones, and those are expensive ticket items, and I don't have to do it, thanks to Window World. I've also jumped up and down on their windows on the showroom floor. I've kicked them. I've tried to break them or crease them or crack them or damage them in any way, and I couldn't do it. The best part, though, is that Window World Windows, when you compare the price with the competition, and we have done so, so have our listeners, if you're getting 10 Window World Windows, you're getting 10 of the competition. Same windows. By the way, that double-strength glass is not an upsell for Window World. You're going to pay a third of the price with Window World that you would pay with the competition. So if the competition, let's say, is $10,000, you're going to pay three thirty three hundred at Window World. That's quite a difference. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. How good is that? All right, our phone lines are open, 636-348-4460. If you want to weigh in on any of our topics, we thank Andrew Jones for calling in. That uh, Penn State professor thing, that is so bizarre. You know, I just have to sit there and say, what the heck is going on at Penn State? This guy was instructed by the uh, the the heads, the you know, the, the powers that be at Penn State, that the English language is racist and it's the embodiment of white supremacy. Then they had additional tirades against white people in professional development training sessions. Now he's suing them, of course. He said he was singled out for ridicule and humiliation because of the color of his skin. He has some Pakistani blood in him, and he's white on top of that. Or I think his wife has Pakistani blood. I'm not 100% sure. But he was a professor of English at Penn State. And when he complained about the continuous stream of racial insult directed at white faculty in the writing department, the director of the Affirmative Action Office told him there's a problem with the white race that he should attend anti-racist workshops until you get it. And that he might have mental health issues, as he articulated in that sound clip. One of the workshops had a presentation called White Teachers Are a Problem. That video was imposed on Penn State faculty. Associated white premacy with all of the evils of the world. He was expected to submit to anti-racist brainwashing and doctrine because he's white. 
keep in mind, as I said, he, he has a Pakistani wife. So when I said he has Pakistani blood, that was incorrect. But he said the university wanted him to believe that as a white individual, he's responsible for all of the injustices and the suffering currently in the world and in the history of the world. This is what his lawsuit says. He then said there's a religious cult-like environment where you had the original sin. In this case, I'm white. I need to repent for that sin of being white. It's incredible, isn't it? His boss in the English department, a woman by the name of Liliana Naden, expressed her view that racism practiced against white faculty and students is legitimate. So Penn State is teaching that racism is cool as long as it's directed at white people. By the way, this Lilian, Liliana Naden is white. This is how nutty white people are. It's fine with her if you practice racism against white people. <laughs> she wanted to introduce equity into the grading process to ensure there weren't disparities by penalizing students academically on the basis of race. There isn't a professor on earth that I've ever heard of who penalizes students on the basis of race. Not one. Good morning. You're on the window world, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. How are you? I'm doing well, Mr. Slayton. Good morning. You know, we talked probably, I think it was, or had to be 10, 15 years ago, when uh, I think it's Obama's second term. And we both realized and made the statement that we were going to see Chicago style politics at the federal level. And now we are seeing it being played out full hand. And that's what's behind this university crap, this racism. They they had to create this race war because of all their rhetoric and how everything's racist. And now they've created this fake patriot front where all these white liberals are dressing up together like they're some kind of fed organization. Yeah. Or, or they're in, and there's, you know, because there were no racist group. There was KKK. There were a handful of morons, mental midgets that would dress up in Nazi gear and stand on corner and yell at people. And there never been more than 12 of them. Yeah. And they were always ignored as they should be, unless they caused violence, then they were arrested, then they were charged and they went away. They don't go away these days because the media feeds the liberals all of their BS, and they continue to support them. And then we have a government who supports them as well. Great stuff, man. I want to get through this story, though, but I appreciate yeah, the call. And it's staged. It's all staged. Of course it is. So yep. this this lawsuit went on to talk about this woman, Alina Wong, who's what they call at Penn State an equity administrator. An equity administrator. Now, you know what she did? She had the faculty. Imagine this at a major university. She had the faculty engaging in breathing exercises. This is one session that they had. And she suggested that the white staff members needed to hold their breath longer than the people of color in order for the white people to feel the pain that George Floyd endured. If you send your child to one of these universities, you should be arrested for child abuse. I'm not kidding. Child neglect, child abuse. Penn State needs to be closed down. If any of these allegations are accurate. Can you imagine that? Wong no longer works at Penn State. 
she realized, or I guess they realized that she was just Wong, dead Wong. <laughs> She's currently the vice president for institutional equity at McAllister College. Institutional equity. These places need their, their doors shut. And yet there are liberals who support them financially. Another professional development video that the faculty at Penn State were forced to undergo said that white English kills people of color. Kills them. This Nadan, his English boss in the English department, instructed the writing faculty to teach that white supremacy exists in language itself, and therefore the English language itself is racist, and furthermore, white supremacy exists in the teaching of writing of English, and therefore writing teachers are themselves racist white supremacists. You bastards! And racism against white people isn't racism. These people are mentally sick. They need to be destroyed. They need to be put down like you'd put down a dog. They serve no purpose on earth, none whatsoever, other than to make other people miserable. Penn State, close your doors. You are a national disgrace. Nobody stood up for Penn State stronger than I did during the bogus and baloney-filled lies of Louis Free and the media with regard to Penn State and the child molestation of Jerry Sandusky and the pillagery that they performed on Joe Paterno. But Penn State is now worthy of closure. They should never be allowed to open their doors again. They shouldn't have any athletic programs because, after all, those white coaches must be racists. Penn State has a sickness that pervades America, and it should be shut down. It's sickening. Well, we're back fighting the good fight again tomorrow morning for everybody, 7 to 9 Central Time, right here, only here, on KevinSlaytonShow.com. But the podcast will be here later this morning, as it will be on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, and anywhere you find good podcasts. We're here. The sports show debuts next week on the 5th of July, noon to 2, right here. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Have a great day.